0: Welcome to another episode of Only the Brave Have Fun, and this is your host Jazz Bear. And today's guest is Andrea Passini. He's a presentation coach. He's also the founder and presentation director of Ideas on Stage UK. Andrea's vision is to to rid the world of crappy PowerPoint presentations. His company specializes in helping business professionals just like you Win more deals, get more customers, and sell more through better presentations. Ideas on Stage has worked with clients like Google, Facebook, the World Bank, and TED. So this episode is going to be really uh, of high value, jam-packed with tips, tricks, and what um, Andrea teaches through his program and his training. Let's welcome Andrea. So how was your day?
1: Very good, yeah. I woke up, I've done a, a few things already.
0: And for the people that don't know, Andrea, how would you introduce yourself?
1: Yeah, so my name is Andrea Pacini. I'm a presentation coach. So I'm the founder of a company which is called Ideas on Stage UK. In the last 10 years, Ideas on Stage has been working with clients like Google, Facebook, the World Bank, TED, you know, TED Talks. Yeah. And we specialize in helping business professionals win more deals, get more customers, and sell more through better presentations. And my vision, just is to read the world of crappy PowerPoint.
0: And, and where did that um, idea come to you from? Because a lot of people would suffer through it. And it's one of those ideas, you know, you, it's such a simple idea, but it's so brilliant that everybody needs it. How did you come across it to saying, mm, that's what I'm going to do?
1: Yeah, good question. Well, the, the the reason why I ended up working in this space is because I think, John, I don't know whether you agree, but most business presentations suck. And that's why I see. I, I don't know, but actually, actually, I have a question for you. Have you ever been in a situation where you get up in front of an audience and you can't, you know, you don't feel comfortable, you can't get your messages across, you can't, grab and keep people's attention and maybe a few hours after your presentation nobody remembers anything about what you said and even worse nobody does anything nobody buys anything maybe have you ever been in in, in that situation maybe in the past
0: i have yes i uh, remember um my what was it my fourth or fifth speech at toastmasters and uh mm-hmm. i remember that quite clearly and you know i was new i was nervous and um at the end of my, the idea was because I was the membership's um, assistant and uh, the goal was to tell them my story and then uh, at the end, tell them to, you know, sign up or bring bring a friend in and, you know, and I remember I kind of, it didn't kind of deliver land very well. And then I, it was recorded. So I watched it again and I was like, oh my God, I did this, 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 and this wrong. I could have made this a lot easier. So yeah, had I had a coach or someone to help me out. Um, it's two ways, right? You either, you either have a coach or someone to help you or a structure to help you out, or you either just keep trying it yourself and then yeah, eventually one day get it right. Yeah. And,
1: and also I'm a presentation coach now, but I, I, I've also been there many times. So at the beginning of my career, I was pretty rubbish at presenting and I was working in sales. So if you work in sales and you can't present effectively, I can tell you just, it doesn't help. And so what I did is I said, okay, I want to become a good presenter. At least I want to improve my presentation skills. And so I started reading everything I could. I remember my very first book was Presentation Zen by Gar Reynolds. Gar is the father, if you want, of presentation design. And I, start, I loved it. I started to apply what I was learning to my own presentations. And I have to say, I did improve eventually. And not only that, but I also became super passionate about it because things started to work finally. Then I trained as a presentation coach, and then I decided to help others improve their presentations. And the the reason why I focus on business presentations is because that allows me to combine my experience in sales, my interest in business, and my passion for presentations to then help business professionals sell more through better presentations. Because for me, it's, it's this intersection of business and communication that really lights me up. That, that's what drives me.
0: Wow, and it's probably telling stories through whatever they're doing. They're t- trying to tell stories. They're selling through good stories. That, that's the whole key. In terms of um, you know, a lot of people, what, what is it that makes a presentation boring and what is it that makes a presentation stand out?
1: Yeah, so now here's the thing. The If you want to create a a presentation that stands out you want to have three key ingredients you want to have a compelling message elegant visuals if you need slides you don't have to present with slides all the time but if you need slides you want to make sure that they are elegant that they really support and amplify your messages so compelling message elegant visuals and a powerful delivery now that's the these are the three key ingredients. That's the intersection that we like. If there's a presenter's sweet spot. Now, what I see instead is that instead of a compelling message, I see unclear messages. Unclear, not just for the audience, but for the presenters themselves. Mm-hmm. Instead of elegant visuals, what I see all the time is, you know, are you familiar with the term death? Maybe you are, I guess, death by PowerPoint. Yes. So lights full of text, bullet points that they, they don't work and then instead of a powerful delivery i see this inability to connect to really establish a connection with the audience so if you have an unclear message death by powerpoint and this inability to connect then you end up with a crappy powerpoint <laughs> you end up with a presentation that from a business perspective which is my focus uh, even acts as a barrier to selling or to communicating effectively, depending on what your objective is. But if you have a compelling message, elegant visuals and a powerful delivery, then you end up with a memorable business presentation that also helps you sell more if that's your objective.
0: So so who's someone that you, you know, before you got into this perhaps, or maybe even now, now you're probably you can judge it better. Who right now you think that you see an entrepreneur or a business person that we probably all know? That you, you look at them and they say, this guy that naturally stands out and this is the kind of benchmark. Mm.
1: Yeah, great question. There are there are many. If if we focus on entrepreneurs, then one person that I guess most people know is Guy Kawasaki. Great, right. great entrepreneur, great public speaker. Uh, there are others like people like Simon Sinek. Do you know? I guess Simon Sinek. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Th- yeah. Those kind of guys, very powerful communicators. Also, I have to say, here in London, there is one great entrepreneur that I I know you know. Um, I don't know whether, perhaps he's not as famous as Guy Kawasaki, but Daniel Priestley, uh, the founder of of Dent. I think he's a great presenter. I I love him.
0: Wow. And um, what made you, um, I mean, before you did this, what, what were you doing before you started your business?
1: I was working in sales as a... Um, salesperson, sales specialist, business development specialist for an international company in London.
0: Right, and and you, uh, when when did you come to London? It was from Italy, right?
1: That was two, thousand and thirteen. Yeah.
0: Right. Okay. From Italy. Yeah. From Italy. What what part of Italy was
1: that? Uh, it's, it's a small <laughs> it's a small region in a small town in a small region. Normally, I always say. Uh, do you know Rome? Opposite Rome, because nobody, even even <laughs> Italian people, if I tell them where I come from, they don't know it because it's really uh, small, but, but it's a beautiful place along the sea, along the East Coast, in the middle of the country.
0: What made you kind of, uh, you know, leave your, and you? how long were you doing this job for?
1: Uh, for a number of years. So I, I've been doing it for a number of years, but then last year I merged together with Ideas On Stage. I can tell you more about it later if you want, but yeah, a number of years.
0: Sure, and and and, and uh, what made you kind of go? You know what? I'm I'm done with this. I'm gonna move on. Cause it's a, you know moving transitioning into from your day job to a business. It's very difficult. It's oh. not an easy thing. It's a big risk. Mm. What What made you do
1: it? I, I don't know, Jospeh. That's a great question. But it's it, it's something that I've got, uh, and then I had, I still have inside me. I don't know when you. I, I strongly believe, Jospeh, that you need to wake up in the morning, looking forward to doing what you're going to do. And I got to a point in my previous sales career where that wasn't the case. So I wasn't loving what I was doing. And so every every opportunity I had to do something else, either 5 a.m. in the morning or at night or on weekends, I would write on my blog about effective presentations you know that was really my passion and you know if you wake up at 5 a.m doing something which even doesn't make you money then it means that you are passionate about it and so at a certain point you need to make a decision do you you know do you follow the safe money if you want for some time or do you follow your passion and uh, i said okay i want to follow my passion and what
0: was the reaction of the family or friends or
1: Oh well, my my family it's interesting because so they are both uh, small business owners. Okay, so you would assume that they get it, mm-hmm. but actually they don't. I mean, they, they because I was working for a for a big international company. Yeah, so very safe environment, very nice. You know, with, with all the prospects of becoming an international manager and this kind of things. And for them, I don't know why, but that was that was great. And so when I told them, you know, what, well, I want to stop my career in this company and I want to start my own thing. Are you making money now? No, I'm not. You know, they, they, they weren't super excited about the idea. But in the end, I mean, they've always been supporting me. So uh, I, I go with all due respect for everybody, family and friends, but I, I go my way. That's, that's the one trait that
0: you need. You need, to be, uh, you need to make a decision and just go with it. And and what was uh what was the story behind you collaborating with ideas on stage and uh sorry, it was you co-founded and or collaborated? What was the story behind that? Yeah, it's it's interesting
1: because what happened is I told you before that the very first book I read about presentations was Presentation Zen. And in that book that was like maybe more than 10 years ago. And in that book, Gar Reynolds hmm, talks about you know he gives examples and he also talks about a company which i didn't know at the time ideas on stage and he, and he talks very well very beautiful things about these guys uh, they're based in paris and so i started following them and soon i realized that really these are the top in for sure in europe but if not even in the world when it comes to presentation coaching presentation creation and so i've always been following them and then last year Then I was working in this space on my own. Lastly, I contacted them because I wanted to learn from them. And I said, I know you're based in Paris. I'm based in London. By any chance, do you run any training courses, any workshops? Because I'd like to learn from you. And they came back to me. It was a real surprise for me. They said, well, we don't work in London, but you know what? This is perfect timing because... We, we see that you will work in the same space. We, we we followed your activities online. And just now we are thinking about expanding our operations in the UK. So why don't we have a chat? And I said, okay, wow, I didn't expect that. And so then we, ha- we did have a chat. And in the end, they were looking for uh, somebody to run ideas on stage in the UK. And we decided to get together basically. So I had my own company, we merged, and then I founded Ideas on Stage UK.
0: Wow. Wow. And uh, have, you, have you spoken at TED yet? or
1: No. Well, what I do is, so far, I've coached a number of TEDx speakers, uh, but I haven't, I've never done uh, a TEDx talk. Um, my business partner, Phil Wapnell, he has, and also uh, Michael Rickwood is also part of Ideas on Stage. He has done a TEDx Talk, but not myself.
0: Okay, I, I am planning to do one, um, yeah. and I'm, I'm surely going to be contacting you for that. Nice. Uh, and, and, and what about, um, you know, what has been some of your toughest times, you know, to get this business working? Because a lot of people are maybe having what you offer, you know, a, a good presentation. Could, could mean the difference between getting business and not getting business. And I watch a lot of Shark Tank and um, in the UK, uh, Dragon's Den. Yeah. And I, a lot of, I can see that those 30 seconds, those one, that one minute can make and break everything, right? It makes the, the impression just, just counts for everything. Um, how, how do you, what, what was your challenges along that, along that when you tell people, look, I help people with presentations? Cause the, that's the last thing people think about uh, until you tell them, you know, you're doing this, this, and this wrong. I mean, that's the last thing they'll blame me on. It'll be either the audience, the content, da-da-da-da-da, but it'll never be the whole presentation.
1: Yeah. What, one of the, the key challenges I, I see is that if you say presentations, people immediately associate it with PowerPoint. Or, or any other presentation tool. It doesn't make any difference in slides. But actually, there is so much more than that. And so the challenge is to make people understand that it's, it's much, much more than just PowerPoint. And so then when we need to, as a presentation coach, when we need to work together, we have to follow certain steps. And even before thinking about PowerPoint, there is so much you need to do. But for someone who's always associated presentations with PowerPoint, uh, that, that's not immediately straightforward. So you need to start by preparing your presentation in a certain way. And when I say preparing, this is really about you mentioned the audience and you're right. You, you need to start with the audience. You need to understand your audience first, their needs, the context. You need to set your objective, the right objective of a presentation. And, and too often we get, we get it wrong. You need to brainstorm to find your key messages with your audience at the center and then you need to translate your key messages into a clear storyline that makes it easier for your audience to follow you remember what you say and also why not do something after your presentation and you see that has nothing to do with powerpoint it has nothing to do with technology so uh, th- that's one of the key challenges
0: right how, how can one make, um, I know there's a lot of good free resources out there like, uh, not free, sorry, but they don't charge as much like Toastmasters and probably Rotary Club and all of them. How can one really, but you never really get to, you know, have someone who's a professional that can help you get there faster. In, in your view, someone's getting started, someone in their job or wants to start a business, you know, learning presentations is, is the key, right? As we all know. Where do you, do you think they, get, should, they should get started? What, they sh- what should they do first? Yeah. a lot of people, what they do is, oh, I was like that. The first thing I do is I sit down, I open PowerPoint, and I just stare at it for, for a couple of hours, and <laughs> it comes up. And then I just close it or put a picture there or a couple of bullet points, and I go, ah, it doesn't look that's great. Where does one start?
1: Well, where I started, I started reading. Now, I'm, I, I'm not sure whether that's the right approach, whether that's the first thing you should be doing. But for me, it worked very well. So I started with, for me, Presentation Zen really opened my eyes to the power of effective presentations. And uh, this guy, uh, Garo Reynolds, he wrote Presentation Zen, which gives you an introduction into this world. And then he wrote Presentation Zen Design, which is specific to presen- to slide design. And then also The Naked Presenter, which is about public speaking and effective delivery. And then many others. There are people like Nancy Duarte in the U.S. and uh, Guy Kawasaki, especially if you are an entrepreneur, a business owner, the CEO of a startup. Guy Kawasaki talks a lot about the the art of pitching, you know, investor pitching. And so I started reading. And then what's important is that at a certain point we should stop. And this is not just. When it comes to presentations, but in general, we say just, uh, we should stop learning and just doing, you know, at a certain point, you just need to do it. You know, if w- one of the, the mistakes I see all the time is that there are, there are so many great ideas out there, but then maybe if we're talking about founders, CEOs of, of startups, then because of this either fear of public speaking or presentation anxiety, which is normal, but then they miss the opportunity. They say no, maybe to opportunity speaking opportunities. Uh, but actually, just do it. Then you do it once, you get it wrong. That's fine. Then you learn. You do it again, and then it's a bit better. And then you do it again, and then it's a bit better. Until finally, you become a relatively good presenter. So yeah, we can read whatever we want, and I would encourage people to do it. But in the end, let's just try and do it.
0: Yeah, more more action and, and yeah. less 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 of uh, procrastination. Yeah. Um, what are your your tips and tricks of you know standing up and speaking? You know, I, I in my head I'm confident most of the time, but as soon as you come up, my fear is I'm gonna f- forget. That's my big fear. I'm gonna forget the content, mm. and I'm not gonna. I'm gonna be very stiff. I'm not gonna be very loose. And um, and sometimes when I'm in the flow, I, I forget things in the middle. How do you deal and tackle things things like that?
1: Right. So you have this challenge. Can I ask you a question? Of course. Do you, before your presentations, do you rehearse?
0: I do, yes, yeah. I mean, <laughs> well, it depends. I my, my, remember my, my first and second Toastmasters uh, speech, I did rehearse 20, 30 times. And after that, I was like, I don't know, I, I didn't as much. But for some reason, I didn't forget the content. But following that, uh, the answer is yes, a few times, like four or five times.
1: Yeah, Uh, and and there is no magic number. Maybe as long as four or five times work for you, then that's fine. But what I see is that people who have that challenge, then if you ask the question, do you rehearse? They say yes, but then it's always yes, but. Yes, but do you rehearse or not? Because I just said that. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly, (laughs) because if, that 's the key thing it 's not it doesn 't solve everything, of course, you can rehearse and still because of again anxiety and and the emotional elements that you you still can forget things and there are techniques like the memory polars and things like that, but in the end, rehearsal is key, so you need to prepare you need to rehearse you know one of the one of the um, advice then a piece of advice I would give is that if you have a very good, well-structured presentation, maybe it's illustrated with highly effective visuals, if that's appropriate, you may be tempted to say that now you are, now, you know, you are ready to get up in front of your audience and deliver it. Now, maybe you are, but maybe not. Now, to, to use, let's use an analogy. If we take motor racing, for example. Now, in motor racing, it's not because you have the fastest car that you're going to win the race. The performance of the driver is just as important, isn't it? So yeah. racing drivers need to prepare properly for race day. There is a lot of preparation, physical and mental preparation. You can have great ideas, a great story, great slides, but you know, still your performance as a presenter remains very, very important. And this is, so, so that's why you need to prepare. That's why you need to rehearse. And this is true whether you are an improviser or a learner. There are two types of speakers, Jasby. You have improvisers and learners. So the improvisers feel a bit more comfortable improvising, which is okay. And the learners instead feel more comfortable learning, maybe memorizing a script, which is also okay. As, as a presentation coach, I always, well, I often, not always, I often need to respect the comfort zone of the presenter but whether you are an improviser or a learner i would still encourage you to rehearse a number of times and i can tell you it doesn't matter if especially if you are an improviser i don't know are you an improviser or a learner what do you think
0: a learner i think
1: a learner okay i'm also i'm also a little bit of a learner yeah a bit more of a learner Uh, but especially for improvisers it doesn't because improvisers They think that they don't have to rehearse because in the end, they like to improvise. But also for them, it's very, very important because it doesn't matter if what you say is different each time you rehearse. That's fine. But I can promise them it will still be more powerful the fifth time they rehearse, as you said, the fourth or the fifth time than the first. So rehearsal is key. It's just that
0: the anxiety builds up and, and there's a kind of a boredom and you're like, oh my God, now this is the sixth time I'm doing this or this is the third time I'm doing this. And, and that's, that's where it comes and you're like, you know what, whatever happens and things, things go wrong. But yeah, absolutely, you're, you're right. I think maybe perhaps if you find the sweet spot of those points and uh, if, you, if you have clarity, I, I suppose it makes it a lot easier for you to remember your points and deliver your content.
1: Definitely.
0: Um, what's the next big thing for Andrea now? What's, what's next for you?
1: Uh, now my next big thing is to, is to really make Ideas on Stage a success in the UK because we have 10 years of experience in other countries. So a lot of experience, a very big and good reputation in, in France, for example. We also operate in Spain. So we have a design center in Spain we have a presence in Italy, we also work in the US, but the reality is in the UK, we are relatively new. So the next big thing is to make sure that also Ideas on Stage UK will become a big success.
0: Awesome. Where can people find you, connect with you, ask you questions?
1: Yeah, there are a number of options. So the Ideas on Stage website is ideasonstage.com. my personal, my email address is very simple, name, dot surname, so Pacini at ideasonstage, uh, ideasonstage.com. Uh, also, I have my own website or blog, if you want, with lots of articles and podcasts. I've got my own podcast as well. Not as good as yours, Jasmine, <laughs> but, <laughs> uh which is Andrea co. And there, for example, an interesting thing that you can access there is, which I would encourage everybody to do if, if they are interested, if you go to C O, then there is a link to the presentation scorecard. Right. And this is a tool. It's very easy. It's an online tool that people can use to assess their presentation skills against the three key arts of presenting, preparation, design, and delivery. It just takes less than five minutes. You answer 22 yes and no questions, and at the the end, you will get a score and also what that score means for you. So these are a number of options. Yeah, by all means, if if anybody has any questions, my email address is there, so feel free to contact me.
0: Oh, awesome. And uh, before uh, before we close the show, any final thoughts that you'd like to share?
1: Any final thoughts? Okay. Well, perhaps the final thought is that what I strongly believe in, uh, of course I may be a bit biased, but for me, presentations, uh, is one of the most things, one of the most important things you can master. You know, I think life is a pitch uh, life is a pitch. If you think about it, Jasmine, every time, if you look at most people's career, uh, or more, which is not just for employed people, but also for business owners and entrepreneurs. What happens normally, and, and I know you are even more experienced than me when it comes to uh, business coaching and life coaching, things like that. But what I notice is that you have, in most cases, people's lives is uh, a bit flat, and then sometimes it goes up, it goes up because you've done something good, and then it goes, it starts being flat again, and then it goes up again. It's like It's like going up the stairs, flat up, flat up, flat up. And what I notice is that every time you go up, not always, but often, it's because of a great presentation, it's because of a great pitch, it's because of the way you've communicated something. So life is a pitch. So if there is one thing I would encourage everybody to be investing in, it's really improving their communication and presentation skills.
0: Awesome. Thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing your insights.
1: Thank you so much, Jazbear. It's been great. Thank you. All the best.
0: Thank you for listening to another episode of Only the Brave Have Fun with your host, Jazbear. If you love this episode, head over to iTunes to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. It's very much appreciated. Also, make sure you to visit www.jazzbayaurora.com to access the show notes. And if you are thinking about uh, starting your business, then take our Escape the 95 survey to see if you're ready. And don't forget to join us next week for another episode. Thank you for listening.